0: Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper?
1: What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of The Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from a brand that means quality to middling reviews and apathetic burnout, reference to our lead story tonight. My name is Mike Gibson. With me, as always, is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve?
2: Well, Mike, I'm always around for apathetic burnout.
1: Here we are. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm getting pretty used to apathetic burnout. <laughs> yeah. um, that's right. Uh we got a, a pretty big
2: Marvel chunk stuff to talk about this week. Um Yeah, we have we have the good, the bad, and the ugly for Marvel this week. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um Plus a couple of trailers we're going to talk about, uh, some comics news, some comics reviews, and we're bringing back our one-shots segment for the first time. Since uh, the writers and actors strike, we have enough news to put a little couple tiny little stories out there and not really spend too much talking about them, so a couple one-shots at the end of this episode. We have enough news to not
2: talk about all the news.
1: We have, yeah, we have enough, enough news to just... Gloss over a couple things and not find ways to talk about them for 15 minutes each, which we are good at.
2: Yeah, clearly, apparently,
1: good at. When we thought we'd be pumping out 20 minute episodes during the uh, strikes, and we didn't. No, we, hit we didn't. An hour and a half more than I'm comfortable. Say, <laughs> <with. laughs> um, this podcast is sponsored by Funky Town Comics in Camillo's New York. Check them out, just like they are every. We are every week. Um, lots of great stuff going on down there as always. Um, any other bit of business? Oh, uh, Steve and I, I want to remind everybody before we dive in here. Steve and I will be at Saratoga Comic Con November it 17th
2: and 18th. Yeah, 17th, 18th, 19th. Yeah. Yep. I think the show um, might be the 18th and, 19th, 18th and 19th. That's true. The show is just we'll Saturday, and sunday We'll you be there Friday night. Us, but we'll be there.
1: Yeah, we'll be there Friday night. Um, and we'll be there all day Saturday and uh sunday as well you can check us out it'll be a it's not gonna be a multiverse report booth it's going to be my booth as a comic book writer so just look for a big purple banner that says mike gibson at the top of it that's where i will be and uh, steve will be there with me and uh we can talk about comics that i've written we can talk about any kind of nerdy news that you want to talk about so uh hit us up there uh one last uh not but not least, uh, it's not really, it's not nerdy related. But uh, however, those of you that are in the Syracuse, New York area, I just want to say that um, my band, The Action, has been around for a long time. Uh, just announced uh, this past week that we are celebrating our 25th anniversary at a show December 1st at a place in Syracuse called Funk and Waffles. $10 at the door, one uh, opening band. There's a, a high school band that's opening for us that should be great, high school punk band. Called Falmouth, uh, so you can check them out and check us out. We'll be playing um, songs spanning our entire 25-year um, career, career. Uh, <laughs> 20, our 25-year hobby, friendship hobby. Uh, songs we haven't played in a long time, and maybe a few uh, special guests, people that used to be in the band uh, joining us. So, if that means anything to anybody that's listening, you should check us out December first. Funk and Waffles, ten dollars at the door
2: um doors at seven show at eight it means a lot to me mike but you should have done it on a day i can be there you can't be there steve no, i'm gonna be in no. philly that weekend
1: no all right we'll, we'll reschedule
2: <laughs> i think uh, i think getting the five of you together is probably a little more important than me being there <laughs> correct <laughs> correct
1: um yeah oh well, that's a bummer steve you will be missed my wife will be Hopefully. there i won't oh good good she's the only one i really care about anyway exactly just kidding of course uh, i believe that's all the business to get out of the way um strike watch possibly possibly the last second to last episode of strike watch assuming that if there is a deal we'll report on that deal um but within the last week the studios have boasted offer giving a quote last and final offer best last and final offer to uh
2: screen actors guild they haven't said that 17 times already
1: no well the last time that they said that was the deal that they gave to the writers. Okay. And that's the deal that the writers took. So hopefully this is a good deal. I think I I mean we'll find out if they accept it this week. Um you know we'll find out all the details of it. I heard some rumblings that the studios caved more on um their uh, AI stance as a way to get the uh, actors to give up or to reduce their demands for the um, streaming residuals or reduce their streaming residual claim, I guess a little bit. So that's the rumor that I heard. I mean, that's a
2: smart tactic. It's a very smart tactic. The biggest hanging up, the biggest hanging up. Yeah. We're good at this talking thing. Uh, Hang up. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest hang up of this whole thing was like the actors didn't want to be replaced by computer generated
1: nothingness. They wanted to still have jobs. Right.
2: Usually comes in handy.
0: Sure. Yeah.
2: So Gainful employment is on the top of things to do when you're in a strike situation.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: The thing that you want the most (laughs) to
1: start working again under better conditions. So hopefully that happens and um, uh, we hear about it, you know, hopefully tomorrow and this thing can be over and behind us. Everyone gets back to work making all the stuff that we love to watch. Speaking of stuff that we love to watch, boy, howdy. Was there a big article dropped by Variety this week? Uh, Variety, I believe the article was called Marvel in Crisis. And uh, it kind of details a lot of stuff that Steve, you and I have been talking about um, for a while. And I just want to say that I think it was two weeks ago on this podcast. I spent some time talking about how I was under the impression that people at Marvel were probably more panicky and under a lot more stress than they're letting on, just about with everything that's happening to them. They're probably, I, I think I said something like, I think they're, they're having a harder time than they're um, allowing the public to know. And according to this article, I was very right. Very right, Marvel in crisis. Now, the article is a very well-written piece. It tackles a lot of different, um, subjects, we're going to kind of hit the big points of each of them. Now, I encourage you to go read the actual article. If you're interested in, uh, details, there's some things I don't agree with really, or think that maybe you're getting blown out of proportion, but for the most part, um, uh, pretty solid piece, pretty solid piece. And so this isn't, some of this isn't necessarily news as much as it is like kind of confirmation of the vibes that we've been getting from, uh, Marvel studios, of late in response to their um, kind of lackluster phase four and five. And, uh, you know, dipping in quality and dipping in, or a lot of people have seen it as a dip in quality. A lot of, uh, and the world has noticed a dip in uh, box office returns and just general interest in the Marvel brand. So um, starting off with that, uh, they kind of referenced just this general kind of audience apathy um towards the mcu currently that you know whether it's just general superhero fatigue or blockbuster fatigue and you know we've talked a bunch of times recently about this past summer a lot of movies underperformed at the box office that should have been surefire hits maybe it was too crowded of a summer maybe people are sick of big budget action movies maybe that's just you know trends are swinging away from that who knows um but this article claims the big problems for Marvel started in 2020, when Disney was more or less desperate to like maintain their stock prices and also um, push Disney Plus, uh, still a very relatively new streaming service. They wanted to push their streaming numbers by just shoving a ton of content onto Disney Plus, especially after the pandemic hit and people weren't going to the movie theater anymore. They wanted to be the they want Disney Plus to be the app that everybody's watching so they wanted to just like just keep shoveling marvel content at uh, disney plus and a quote from the article says according to the plan there would never be a lapse in superhero fare with either a film in theaters or a new television series streaming at evan every, every any given moment but the ensuing tsunami of spandex Proved to be too much of a good thing, and the demands of churning out so much programming taxed the Marvel apparatus. Moreover, the need to tease out an interwoven storyline over so many disparate shows, movies, and platforms created a muddled narrative that baffled viewers. Steve, yeah. has there ever been a more accurate sentence ever written in the history of film reporting?
2: <laughs> no, I was going to say that tracks. Like I, that I got tracks, I got nothing, big time. Nothing past that. That just that seems accurate
1: that's just like a summary of everything that we've been talking about for the last, however many months, yeah, I feel like years possibly, you know? Um, yeah. Like, of course, if you're going to up your quantity of um, product by that much, you should expand your, as they call it, the Marvel apparatus. Like you should have expanded that a little bit and not, you know, you know, you should have geared up for that. And, you know, like we've said, you know, they also talk about Kevin Feige being spread too thin, like we've mentioned a million times. We've been hearing that for months and months and months that he's super stressed out and um, needs help. And uh, yeah, of course, of course it's going right. to happen. Of course, you're going to lead to a muddled narrative that baffled viewers. Yeah, here we are. That's what we're living right now. Um, another big part of this article talks a lot about the upcoming uh, film, The Marvels. And how uh, that is looking? As we talked about recently, that is still looking to underperform, looking to make about seventy to eighty million dollars at the box office. Not too bad, except that the it's a sequel to a movie that made a billion dollars, and its budget was two hundred and fifty million. So, not looking to make its budget back, at least in the theaters. Who knows? You know, after the fact, what it can scrape together. Um, But it said it's tracking lower than, um, like, the Flash. I think.
2: Yeah, was, there's. I, you've, I, I've seen it a bunch of different directions of, like, just above Quantamania to, like, around the Flash-ish. And it's like, if it hits the highs, it's almost breaking even, breaking even-ish. And if yeah. it hits the lows, it's in real not good company. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still hope that they pull it out. I hope
1: that it's a good yeah. movie. I don't care how much money it makes, like, a, you know... We talk about box office a lot on this show. A lot of people talk about box office on other podcasts and everything, but you got to remember box office does not indicate quality hundred percent of the time. Like box office indicates maybe popularity. Hi, Venom, How or, are you? Yeah, exactly. Venom. Perfect case. Um, uh, this like um, suicide squad, the first suicide squad movie made a ton of money yeah, and that movie not a good movie. Bad. Yeah. So like, you know, that's a indication of good marketing sometimes you know yeah. but it's not necessarily a good, an indication of a good film um so this movie could be stellar it could be
2: incredible and doesn't have to make a billion dollars to be a great movie but who knows we right. uh, that remains to be seen now at the same time on the flip side feige himself has come out and said and Iger and everybody said like hey this is getting out of hand <laughs> like we need to not spend 300 million dollars on the marvels yes yeah. right like how yeah. I don't know well like I can see it because the Marvel uh,
1: seemingly from the trailers a lot of it takes place in space right and uh when you're moving, doing a space movie that comes with a lot of uh effects you know? yeah. so if every shot in your movie is a visual well, effect just go shot, to then,
2: space and shoot it
1: yeah of course what do you come on that's
2: not <laughs> how that works
1: seems pretty obvious to me yeah.
2: pull up on Mars um, and we sorry when Ar- Tom Araco now uh, if you're following the House of X powers of x uh, oh
1: oh, I'm not okay yeah. <laughs> um if and when I'm gonna disregard that if when Tom Cruise eventually makes Mission Impossible in space, he will definitely go to really go to space to do it, and we'll see, but that's got to cost a billion dollars right there, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. to fly Tom Cruise to space come on that's
2: I don't know ask ballooning your uh, uh, budget Richard Branson is he the one doing that? Space I think they're all
1: doing that. Yeah. If you're a billionaire, you're trying to get to space. Stupid. Um, anyway. It is the final art- frontier. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, the article says that uh, the production of the Marvels uh, stumbled a bit in its attempt to connect the three different stories or st- three different characters from the three different stories instead of just being a simple direct sequel to Captain Marvel, which it couldn't be because it was bringing in these other characters. So it has to do the work for people that maybe didn't watch WandaVision or didn't watch Ms. Marvel and don't know where these other characters are coming from. And the narrative seems so interwoven between how these three characters are connected. They're switching places with each other, blah, 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 blah. You do have to kind of do some legwork. And I hadn't really thought about that because I did see those two shows. So I'm like ready to go on this movie. Yeah. but. I guess somewhere along the way they probably realized, "Oh, maybe not everybody watched Ms. Marvel and not everybody watched WandaVision or even remembers that this character was in WandaVision because that show came out 3 years ago at this point." So, um uh apparently uh they underwent 4 weeks of reshoots in order to smooth out the narrative a little bit and make it a little bit better. Um the article also points out that um they're saying like, "Oh, people at Marvel have raised their eyebrows because director uh, Nia DaCosta started pre-production on another movie while the Marvel's in post-production that happens all the time. Like they made it some like big, like scandalous thing, but like, you know, James Gunn was working on Superman when he was doing promotion for gardens of the galaxy volume three. Like that's just what happens. Right. Like
2: you, you know, hmm. I don't know, you're still, you still need to go make a paycheck somewhere else.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: So whatever. Um,
1: um, Marvel's has also been moved, this article pointed out, that Marvel's has also been moved several times to allow for these reshoots and allow for them to finish the visual effects. Because I think they really don't, this article paints a picture that they, and we're going to talk about VFX in a second, that they really don't want another Thor Love and Thunder or nor another Ant-Man Mania, where people leave the theater being like, whoa, those, that looked terrible. Um, so I think part of the reason that this movie was moved a couple times was to make sure that they could get that right so hopefully it at least you know plot or story aside hopefully it executes on the visuals
2: um yeah don't
1: give me the logs
2: in moon night
0: yeah
1: yeah for sure um uh, at one point it was swapped with ant-man quantumania because the studio deemed that ant-man was like farther along than the marvels so they swapped it out another instance of them
2: choosing, uh, you know, choosing quantity over quality, really. Right, choosing um, something to hit a release date when there's n- when you made the release calendar.
1: Right, exactly. Like, and that swap is what led to an accelerated schedule for Quantum Mania, which caused the problems with the visual effects that everyone complained about in that movie. That was like the number one review that I saw of Ant Man Quantum Mania before I saw it, before I watched the movie myself. I just kept reading about like it looks terrible some of the some of the effects are horrible and i agreed when i saw that movie i was like yep this is it's not holding up it's not holding up like it should um so speaking of vfx steve you and i have reported and talked about the problems that marvel has not have with uh their vfx houses for a long time long time this has been happening uh to the point where they have decided to unionize Um, not just the Marvel VFX houses, but also the Disney VFX houses. And it's kind of led to let like industry wide, um, unionizing amongst, uh, visual effects houses. Uh, and, um, somebody, I think there was some kind of congressional hearing on, um, Congress is uni-
2: unionizing it. too. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: everybody. No, the, there was like a, um, I don't know if it was just like a general workers, congressional hearing or something but or if it was specific to vfx but this article mentions that somebody got up and specifically said something like 2023 was the straw that broke our backs was a straw that broke the camel's back and that the working conditions at marvel were the reason that we decided to unionize oh wow um specifically pointing to marvel not just like disney in general crazy so like yeah we've talked about the shoddy effects in quantum mania thor love and thunder she hulk moon knight um uh you know swapping quantum mania with the marvels is what caused those bad effects but apparently disney and bob Iger were so furious at this these critiques and the, like the sharp decline of these uh the uh, the quality of these effects which is, that is why they ended up firing victoria alonso which we talked about Months ago, yeah. when that happened, and we kind of thought that at the time, like they blamed that she was working on some other like independent movie yeah. passion project of hers, but
2: like Argentina something, I don't know why. Yeah, I remember Argentina
1: eighteen ninety yeah.
2: something. It was like a year, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. um But she was like overseeing post production and visual effects and animation. That was her title, was her job, and so like they threw her under the bus and said like, okay, well we understand that it's bad, and so we're firing this person. Um, you gotta have a fall guy she was yeah she ended up being the fall guy even though that I feel like if they wanted to fire her to make people think that the effects would be better moving forward then they should have said that but they didn't say that they blamed it on this independent movie thing that didn't really make sense and we all saw through it Um, so I don't
2: know uh, what their thought process was there with the VFX thing like when the Marvel machine started taking off they were Relatively, the only game in town. Like, every studio wasn't like throwing multiple million, like, multiple millions of dollars of summer blockbusters style movies at every turn. Like, the entire movie landscape in 2008 to 2012 wasn't everything is VFX all the time. Like, it, yeah, and I, it seems I like agree that's ramped that up with other studios.
1: The MCU has certainly changed um the cinematic landscape for sure because now everyone is trying to either have a connected universe like they are and when you're making superhero movies you need visual effects and you need more visual effects than you need in a batman movie when you just put a guy in a suit on a street or in mm-hmm. a car If, like what we just said if captain marvel's flying through space she's got to look like she's really in space She's shooting laser beams out of her hands. You got to look like she's really shooting those laser beams right. out of her hands. Like all this is.
2: Meanwhile, whenever they decide to make Blade, if they ever do, it's oh, we'll a dude that, with some teeth and a sword.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, a pause of that thought for just a second while we finish up this part. But uh, the, I think you're kind of right because, I mean, not not to say that there were never other. Superhero movies or other big visual effects movies, something like Avatar, of course, was like a huge right. visual effects movie um but marvel, I think what you what you're getting at is like as far as the quantity,
2: yeah, the sheer stuff glut. being
1: pumped out, the yeah. sheer quantity of stuff is what really started putting the stress on the visual effects industry, yeah, and everybody um, needs it, yeah, um, so not only do you have every other action franchise or animation thing or whatever that needs visual effects you also have this one studio that's declaring they're going to put out four movies a year and four TV shows a year and you have to do all the work for that on top of you know the occasional star wars movie or the occasional avatar or right. whatever else you know so
2: well and that yes. i mean when you even when you look at the mcu in itself yes the original iron man or hulk or whatever you had vfx sure but it wasn't every shot there were still plenty yeah. of shots with tony walking around and talking in a building or yeah. like you know cap bruce banner talking to uh betty right you know, like the original cap if it wasn't for steve rogers being a scrawny little kid and red skulls oh, face yeah. there really wasn't a whole hell of a lot there
0: yeah you know, but even like a lot four, of a lot of
1: Captain America has uh practical sets, right? Like they're not, they're not all green screen stuff. Right. That they, you know, they utilize it smart instead of just having, Oh, let's just have everything in front of green screen. We don't really have to go to a street. We don't have to go to a forest. Right. I'm like, no, you should, you should go to a forest. You yeah, should the, go to
2: a street. The original Thor. Yeah. Like the destroyer is yeah. there, but the destroyer is there on a street, on a street. Like you're filming yes. it and you're inserting this guy. Yep. Perfect. So yeah, like so the ev- whole thing, basically everything like up to yeah, everything up to Avengers. It was like, okay, this is this is a level of things. Yeah, and then Phase Two or Three or whatever the hell they called it at the time. Post Avengers was like, oh, let's crank this up to you know, eight nine, and then after End Game, it just got cranked to like thirteen.
1: Well, it's also like yeah, but and and at that point, we're also at we we're, we're talking about the post twenty mm-hmm. twenty. 2020- Onslaught of we're going to do this and 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 we're going to do, do it. Like, um, it kind of leads into what I'm about to, what the next point, uh, from the article is about to say is that like they have so much going, um, that this article points out, and I think correctly, and I think you and I know this, and I think a lot of people know this, but like they're firing Victoria Alonso to try to blame her for the bad effects when really. We're talking about a studio that we know has gone on record saying they start filming their movies before the scripts are being done being, or sorry, before the scripts are finished mm-hmm. being written. Um, they rush their production schedules. They change their mind last minute and demand that the VFX change everything. They third act rewrites because the script isn't done. Yeah. They, and because the scripts aren't done, they don't have enough time for executives or whoever to like sit with the story or realize like oh wait maybe this would be better over here or maybe we should change this so they, those things happen late in production when they should have already been taken care of before anybody even started on the visual effects of the right. movies so like these rush production schedules these last minute changes these release date swaps the ha- the unfinished scripts those are the reasons that those those are what you those are what lead to bad visual effects. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not just the visual effects that are bad. It is because you didn't give them enough time or you made them change, whatever, like because you didn't have the first part settled. Mm -hmm. Like I saw, like, I don't remember who said, but the, the best like story writing advice or some of the best story writing advice I've ever heard is like, if you think you have a problem with your third act, you don't you have a problem with your first two acts solve those problems and your third act is just writes itself yeah right Makes sense and it's the mm-hmm. kind of thing that it's kind of like you can apply that to the the idea of just making a movie or making a show like mm-hmm. if you when, you when you finally get to like post-production if something is wrong then it's because you didn't do something in pre-production or you didn't do something during production like yeah they're all they're all connected so you have to you have to be solid before you start shooting or you're going to end with a bumbling mess at the end and it's pro it's really probably just for the grace of god that they were able to be successful for so long with just with that method of just like oh we'll figure it out later but like that's just not sustainable <laughs> and they're finding that out now they're in the they finished their fuck around era and they're fi- they're Falling into their finding out era, I think, or maybe yeah. they're trying to climb out of it.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think that sounds right. And uh, yeah, you you did say I believe you uh, used the term bumbling mess, and I <laughs> sure. think that may be able to describe uh, one Eric Brooks and the character Blade.
0: Uh, at this yeah,
2: point.
1: yes, you mentioned Blade earlier. Um, this article talks about Blade a little bit as an example. Of something a that they've had mess. been of a bumbling mess that they've been having tons of problem with. Um, the article points out that this is a movie that's been through five writers, two directors, and at one point had to shut down production just weeks away from filming because of script and story issues. Um, Oscar-winning actor Mahershala Ali, who approached Marvel himself and said, "I want to be Blade," after he won his Oscar, the first thing that he did after winning an Academy Award for his performance in Green Book. He went to Marvel and said, I want to play Blade. And they said, okay. And they announced it four years ago or whatever. And here we are, not even in production, not on Blade. Hmm. Uh, Apparently, Mahershala Mahershala Ali was ready to walk away from the movie and quit um, at one point uh, because there was a lot of different... The scripts that weren't working. There were this article alleges that at one point there was a script that was being led by like a team of three like women, and that Blade was like the fourth lead and he wasn't even the star of his own movie. But then I read a report from someone that was a writer, one of the writers on Blade. He said that he'd never seen a script that was like that, that at all. Yeah, that wasn't yeah, Blade so focused like,
2: because, well, it's Blade, it's in the name,
1: yeah exactly he's like i don't know he's, he goes i can't say that i saw everything but i never even heard of any any ideas that yeah. resemble that so who knows how accurate that is it it seems silly to have a movie called blade and have him not be the lead like i don't know how much i believe that i mean you saw um, ahsoka right uh well yeah that's true but this that's star wars and we knew it was going to be an ensemble thing and this is yeah. a movie called blade a relaunching of a franchise really um, and this article uh mentioned that Marvel is now looking to spend no more than a hundred million dollars on Blade, so going uh kind of on the cheaper side for them, which street level you could pull it off. Yo, that makes me very excited. Yeah, like you're gonna try to make a hundred million dollar Blade movie. Yes, you should make all your movies for a hundred million dollars. Oh, like, yeah. don't stretch your budget or you know, stretch your budget and in a way that forces you to stretch your creativity. Yeah,
2: you know, like. I don't know man like
0: yeah actually
2: that's that's a good point has has the mcu gotten into a george lucas with the prequel situation where there's no one to tell them no anymore right yeah and they're just doing things and they're you know off into never never land and nobody's like hey this is a bad idea let's put some bounds on this and you guys figure some things out instead they're blowing 300 million on you know, not not to not to besmirch the Marvels, but like three hundred million on any movie, like I, well, like the, it's only use, the Marvels because that's the most recent one. But like, Quantumania
1: use one that's was come right out here, or, like, too. Exactly, I was gonna say use one that's already come out, Quantum Mania. Yeah. they blew a ton of money on that, and people didn't like it. They yeah. were like, oh, "This is meh. who cares about this?" The Eternals, but, like, and same deal. Sure, sure. At least the Eternals was trying something new. Yeah. You know, the Eternals look different. I still want to revisit that movie. But I,
2: I feel like I would like that more rewatching it. But I
1: agree. I especially in the state that we're in now with yeah. Marvel stuff, I think the Eternals would be like, oh, this Breath is actually really type. good.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: But this article also mentions and I don't think I wrote it down, Um, but it says that apparently Marvel usually only tests their movies with audiences full of other Disney employees or family and friends of those Disney employees. And the Marvels was the first, like they felt that it wasn't working. They felt that it wasn't working. So they took what was for them an unprecedented step of having a public uh, like showing yeah. of them, like a pre-screening of the film. Um, and that's where they got the middling reviews, which caused them to go back to do the reshoots, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, but like, like you're saying, there's nobody to tell them no because they're only showing it to like the people that already are drinking the Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, we'll show this to other Disney and Marvel employees that already know everything that we're doing. And maybe they've worked on the movie even, or like, you know, the parents or friends of people that worked on the movie are coming to see a like, yes, you're just showing it to people that are already invested in this thing. you need to show it to strangers. You need to show it to people who have never seen a Marvel movie. So I think you're onto something there when you say it's like, george lucas and the prequels like no one can tell them yeah no um but again i think they're in the find out era of the mcu right now and they're realizing oh oh people can tell us no and they tell us no by not going to see our movies or reviewing them
2: poorly on mm, right. um, shows and podcasts or whatever you know also let the record show that my brain is not completely fubar. uh maher also won for moonlight which is the one that i had remembered not the green room that's book. right.
1: Not for Green Room. I don't think yeah. anyone won an Academy Award for I Green don't think Room. So that is <laughs> dope movie. Have you ever seen that? Do you no, know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it. It's a horror movie. Yep. Or yeah, a band plays at like a Nazi bar. Yeah. And then they get like trapped in the green room because then all the Nazis are trying to kill them and they need to escape. It is great.
2: Nice. Very good. Check it out.
0: Also, not confused with
2: The Green Knight, which I still need to see.
0: Whoa. You've never seen that? No. Dude, you got to watch that movie. I know. The it Dev, is... the,
2: you're talking about the Dev Patel one, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. That is yeah. a mind-bending, mm. weird-ass masterpiece of a movie. It is so good. And I love so that good. story, too. So, Yeah,
0: dude. Yeah. You will love it. It's nice. great. Visually spectacular. Awesome. Spectacular. All right. So, uh,
1: still talking about this article. But moving into what this article referred to as, um, I guess, not not like word for word, but basically pointed that the biggest point of panic for Marvel right now is something we talked about last week, the whole Jonathan Majors issue. They uh, cast this guy as the next big Thanos level, big bad of their universe, and now he's being accused of assault. Um and multiple trials apparently there's the one in New York City but apparently there's one in London that's going on also a oh. different accuser
2: that's ha- at the same you get a you know, trial so. you get a trial and you get a trial and yeah
1: yeah i know it's a whole thing so um we talked about this last week clearly i'm of the opinion that they got to let this guy go like there's already too much baggage like i don't know what you're waiting for maybe you're waiting for loki to be over but did loki just end this week no or is there one more two more okay. Two more. Two more. Oh, okay. I started watching it. By the way, maybe one more. Okay. Yeah, one more. Six episodes. So, I'm thinking maybe they're waiting for Loki to be over, and then they're gonna say he's gone
2: or whatever
1: or whatever.
2: Well, and then at that point, like, do you you've established Kang as a thing? Yeah. Do you pivot off of Kang for Secret Wars, etc.? Like kang Dynasty? Yes, that has it in the name. You can retitle a movie. You can change it. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Like well, that's Secret what this article Wars, go go Doom. Like if you're doing well, fantasy or fantastic four, like pivot into Victor Von Doom who is the one of the biggest big bads around. Well, time to the Secret Wars.
1: That's exactly what this article says. It's apparently oh. backup plans have, have been discussed <laughs> about what to do like this article starts off with like they all like the Marvel story group or whatever met for their like annual retreat. And this was the first year where everyone was stressed out and mad yeah. <laughs> and not just like, Hey, we're making millions of dollars and everything that we do is great. Like, uh, that's like, we're, the, we're
2: making money. Where's the open bar? No, exactly. No, this is uh, the
1: the yeah. starting point of this article is people meeting under much different conditions than they've ever met before. And, uh, so they're taught apparently, in that meeting they have discussed backup plans including recasting and also pivoting to another villain such as dr doom which is exactly what this article says which is exactly what you just said they should do so maybe that's the way to go maybe that's the way to go i mean it makes Um, sense
2: if you're bringing in fantastic four and you need to do something different and like go full weird go full battle world like do like take a take a take a step take a stance
1: yes yeah throw something out there that's crazy yeah give it a shot um uh apparently they've even already considered moving away from kang even before the legal trouble the assault charges they were already they already considered moving away from kang after quantum mania wasn't like a huge hit um
2: so it's something they're thinking about they're making plans apparently but Um, the thing that's see that's the weird thing though is like he was one of the best parts of quantum mania. You're right. Yes. Like quantum mania wasn't a flop because of Jonathan majors and the Kang thing. It was a flop in spite of it because for all of the Jonathan majors shit going on, the guy can still act. He's a great actor. He's very good at acting. Yes. However, um, but, and- he, he, he may, you know, innocent until proven guilty, etc. cetera. He may be sure. a giant piece of shit. However, yeah he portrayed a great character in that movie
1: yes but that's a really good point steve which i hadn't really thought of is that getting rid of him because quantum mania wasn't a smash hit like they thought it was going to be that's reactionary filmmaking which i hate which i hate if you have a good actor and you have a good character just because he's in a bad movie doesn't mean that actor and character can't soar in a better movie, in a better mm-hmm. script, you know? So you're right. I wouldn't have liked, now we, I want them we to We just saw Hayden
2: being, Christensen yes. cook in Ahsoka. Yeah, dude. Yes. Yes. Or like they even, I mean, uh, that's not a bad example. I was
1: going to say they retroactively made us care about Thor the Dark World because they put it in Endgame, but like that doesn't make Thor the Dark World a better movie no, <laughs> necessarily. Still, still a That movie, doesn't make but... sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh but yeah like i i think they should get rid of him because of the legal trouble that he is in and you know that he's an accused um accused of assault Mm -hmm. i don't think that's a, a wise thing for them to do to keep this guy around no um but doing it just because the movie he was in wasn't successful is
2: a bad idea um
0: uh, and all one of this anonymous, is complete
2: speculation cuz we'll never know the real reasons why they're doing anything or what they're going to do but
1: they'll never come out and tell us i'm yeah. sure i mean i mean if it's because of the assault they would be smart if they were like hey we're on the right side of history and we don't want to do business with an like an assault victim or not sorry not victim assault uh perpetrator perpetrator yeah um uh according to this article there's one anonymous insider that said the following quote marvel is truly fucked with this whole kang angle and they haven't had an opportunity to rewrite until very recently because of the WGA strike. But I don't see a path to how they move forward with him.
0: I agree with that guy
1: or person, guy or girl, or person who said that. I agree. I don't see how they can do it, really, yeah. and uh, and get away with it. Um, in closing, uh, as far as this article goes. Yeah, we're still uh, talking about
2: the same article, folks.
1: We're still talking about the same article. I will just say, this is a huge article. Go read it. It's on Variety, Marvel and Crisis. It's very interesting. And they'll go more in-depth. And things that we're talking about here. I was
2: gonna say, now I may have to go back and read it. Yeah, you should. Um I know you linked it there, to me and said you should read this. It's yeah. <laughs> long, but you should read this. Full disclosure, I didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You're like, uh, eh, Michael summarize it in the rundown. I don't know <laughs> we'll figure it um, out. Um this is a, a, the other the other big thing that was picked up from a lot of um outlets in this article was the fact that Marvel apparently has considered bringing back the original Avengers team, but haven't committed to that idea yet. That would include reviving Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow and bring back uh, Chris Evans's Captain America. Um, he's not dead. He's just an old man. Um, And uh, I mean, I think a lot of people thought me included that this would be something we would probably see in secret wars.
2: Right. Um, And I, I'm cool with it as a cameo or like sure. for, for a reason, for a payoff. Yeah. I don't know that I even am with a cameo to be honest with you. Well, like, you know, flashback to something they did or you, oh. you know what I mean, like flashback? Yeah. I'll take a flashback. Right. Sure. If if there is a good plot reason to do it, do it. Yeah. If there is not a compelling plot reason and you're doing it just to get butts and seats, yeah. go shit in a hat. I agree.
0: I very much against them doing this because um, I just think it just reeks of desperation to me. Uh, and this article basically says
1: that this is what they're thinking of doing, and also, more or less, I what I how I took at the end of this article to say is that they're just um, hoping that Fantastic Four and X Men are new and different enough to like revitalize uh, the MCU and the franchise. but I think um, bringing back the original Avengers team is not the way to go. It's not the way to go.
2: Like, you they had their that, moment, and it's over. You know what that screams of? That screams what? of executives not knowing what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, Like sure. I guarantee that that idea didn't come from Feige. It was probably from some other yeah. executive at Disney or Marvel that was like, oh, you know it would be a great idea? We should do this. It's like, no, that's not what works. That's not
0: why this is a thing. That's not, like... Exactly. Don't. Exactly. Like... Um to make a music comparison it's like why a
1: band like the Beatles is still always heralded as like one of the greatest bands of all time, or like nirvana mm. right like because they weren't they burned bright and they disappeared they were gone they yeah. weren't lo- they weren't around long enough to ruin their their reputation. Yeah. Or to, re- to overstay their welcome. They were gone quickly and it was over and that's it. I mean, the Beatles did
2: just release a new song this week, which I love. But, uh... Yeah, it's the... Well, it's still, the classic, it's classic... Like, it's the classic die the hero or live long enough to become the villain.
1: Exactly, Steve. Exactly. Like, uh... And I'm I'm sure if John Lennon had survived, then we would have gotten a Beatles thing in the 80s or 90s or right. whatever and it would have been like all right, I don't know, what are they doing here? Or, like, the Rolling Stones, like, they just put out a good album, too, but, like, the Rolling Stones have been plagued with, like, old jokes, and when are they gonna retire for their, for everything they've done since the 1970s, so, like, it's just, like, you did it, it was great, you gave everybody a good exit, you know? Mm -hmm. So don't, don't bring it back. If you bring it back, you're trying, you'll be trying to recapture the magic of what it was, and you will not be successful. 90% of the time, you
0: will not be successful. So, yeah. I think that's a bad move.
2: No, that's... Uh, and, you know, Travis in the chat brings up something good about the... Uh, hey, Travis, thanks re- for watching. ...the recasting of Downey or bringing them back in. Like, instead of Iron Man, you know, look at all the characters that Iron Man influenced. Yeah. the, the kid from 3, Harvey, or Harley, uh, Rhodey, Pepper, Happy, Peter, all that. Like... There's, there's a, a pantheon of characters that Iron Man has influenced. Use that instead of bringing him back.
1: That's a really great point. And Don Cheadle, as Rhodey, has showed up in a lot of the Disney Plus shows, like cameoed. He was in Secret Invasion. He was in Falcon Winter Soldier. And was there? I feel like there was one other one, maybe that he popped up in, or maybe I'm just inflating I don't know. things. I'm, but I'm refusing. Maybe it was to, a movie. I'm I don't, refusing don't
0: remember
2: to acknowledge Secret Invasion happened. So,
1: <laughs> quality, very, very smart, smart decision. Um, but they should really, and that's great that they're keeping him like an active part of the MCU. They should really start writing him more like he's stepping up as a lead Avenger. Right. I feel like, like stop writing him as a side character or a sidekick start writing him, I mean, still call him War Machine or whatever, but start writing him like the new Iron Man. Of course, he's a different personality. He's a different guy. Like, don't just change him to be quippy like Robert Downey Jr., but like, he should fill that man in a flying metal suit void that's on the Avengers. Or Riri, like, get her
2: going. I think that's part of the problem we see, like, we currently have seen Rhodey shelved is they were trying to uh, put, like, Put the eggs in the Riri basket, yeah. which would have worked out great if everything didn't get delayed. And now we're seeing Rhodey everywhere, and nothing from Riri outside of the yeah. Black Panther Two cameo-ish thing. Like, yeah, like yes, she was a big part of the action scenes and yeah, some she was also the, the plot
1: kind of. But she was also she was also the least integral character to that hundred <laughs> like percent. It, it felt like
2: the America Chavez like just slap it in there and see like. Oh, we've gotta put this character in uh, let's throw him in and see what happens
1: yeah, it's um yeah, it's that was definitely like kind of ham fisted. We need to build our universe where what what kind of forever would have been a much stronger narrative if they didn't have to deal with that plot line i think personally, I um. But even so, just put that show out already. Finish Ironheart. Like, you know, like yeah. we started talking about they announced Ironheart like two or three years ago or whatever. We still haven't seen it. They announced Armor Wars like two or three years ago. We still haven't seen that either. I know that was supposed no, to be a they, show and they changed they it to a movie, but like I believe nothing. they
2: announced both of those at uh I can't remember when our friend's wedding in Pittsburgh was. Yeah. But I believe yeah, it I was know. whatever year that was <laughs> yes, when we were sitting there. Like, that's why I think huh. it was at
1: least three it was at least yeah. three years ago. At least. So wild wild and crazy crazy and wild three to four years ago because it was pre-pandemic
0: that we were at that wedding yeah we weren't wearing masks or anything no nervous about covid insane however insane yeah my son was really
2: so it's between four and six years ago
1: (laughs) okay they really need to this is the last thing i'll say and then we can move on to the other marvel thing (laughs) that we won't talk about for as long i i think they really need to pull themselves back when it comes to announcing what they're going to make because more and more we're seeing things get pushed or just delayed to a point of like we're questioning whether or not they're even going to make Blade like do we care about Thunderbolts do we remember that they're making Armor Wars like I forget about Armor Wars all the time I constantly forget about Captain America 4 and that's like a big character
2: right? and one I'm actually excited to see yes for sure but like I, I do, keep forgetting. It's pull back happen. on this stuff, and I forget. I keep forgetting they changed the title on it too.
1: Yeah, like how much less of a problem would they be in right now if they hadn't already announced a movie called Kang Dynasty, right. which has the name of a character who is now played by a guy who is about to be on trial for assault for assaulting a woman in yeah. New York City. Like that's bad. Like if you had announced that movie. Then we wouldn't have seen all, like, because you announced that movie, we're like, oh, this was clearly going to be a big character, and Marvel's in a lot of trouble. If they had announced that movie, we wouldn't, we'd be like, oh, they should recast that guy. But it wouldn't be as as big of a deal.
2: Right. And any of us that knew him from the comics are like, okay, he's popping up here. He'll just pop up through a bunch of random things, and it'll be fine. Right. Um, One uh, got another thing from the chat. Uh, Love it. Sorry. I had to scroll back through the chat. Uh, Ooh. so Devil's Advocate, one uh, one argument that's uh brought or never brought up. What's an example of when bringing back a dead character actually worked? Whoa, great question. Now Travis brings back, or brings up a Star Trek reference uh, for Search for Spock. Unfortunately, I have never seen that movie or get that reference, but it does undo the apparently it undoes the Wrath of Khan ending, which I do remember. Yeah. Uh, so now, like.
1: I, I haven't seen that movie either, but I have seen Wrath of Khan, yeah.
2: and I know that then
1: that they appear undid. in later movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, clearly something they did something. What is it where they bring a character back from the dead,
0: and it doesn't feel contrived or rehashed or stupid? No, nope, That yeah. one feels dumb. I don't... I... I my brain is not immediately
2: coming up with anything i mean the only oh i got oh. it rise of skywalker <laughs> <laughs> somehow <laughs> somehow, yeah, somehow Kang. Re- or, uh somehow iron man returned somehow kang returned <laughs> oh jesus
0: that's in our future that's in our future uh, somehow kang looks different now um uh, <laughs>
1: where it doesn't feel weird at all and works for the franchise friday the 13th they bring jason back every time fair and you don't okay. yeah you're like it is the point where you're like how are they going to do it this time but that's a false equivalence oh, yeah because like, they're not going for the same thing that the mcu is going for like yeah but you but, go into the friday the 13th that knowing that it's going to be stupid yeah. right
2: the fact that we can't come up with something at this point uh yeah you know uh, he he also brings up, like, comes with the question, would I bring them back if I could? And, like, it brings up the selfish versus selfless. And, yeah, you can make it work if you can make it work, like apparently they did in Star Trek Search for Spock. Sure. However, we can't come up with anything else. So, I mean, I
1: think, I, th- I, again, I haven't seen Search for Spock, so I don't know how they do this, but I think in order to do it and do it right, you have to, like, put in the time. Mm
0: hmm to have i mean it happens in comic books all the time people die and come back yeah all the time and i and they mentioned this
1: in the article like it shouldn't be a big deal to bring back iron man because that happens in the comics all the time but it's a different medium it feels different like you are attached to robert downey jr differently than you're attached to a drawn version of robert of of tony stark like it's just it just is that's just yeah, it's true. You're like attached to an actor, so it's just it's just different. It just hits differently.
2: Right, and in so, comics, when you when you read Death of Wolverine, you know there's going to be Wolverine lives. You know, like yes, yeah. It's a like the
1: only thing. The only thing I could think of, which I still think is poorly planned and executed, is Superman dying in Batman versus Superman and coming back in Justice League. But like, I can't say that that was done. It certainly doesn't wasn't done well. Right. But like I just knew that he was going to come back. It, it also I I wasn't emotionally affected by his death because I knew they were just going to bring him back and they'd bring him back in a stupid way. So it was poorly executed, but it was like, okay, good, Superman is finally back. Let's make a joke. Oh, Superman's in this Justice League movie. Good. Like yeah. why did it take you half the movie to Put a Superman in
2: just League movie. That's a whole other thing. Right, but um, you he, have to take the. T- up, I think you have to take uh, the. He brings up Maul and Boba Fett in the Star Wars universe. Maul, hundred percent. Like that's a great. That's a good point too. They took that's a good point too. Took a character that should have had more screen time, and for like, I mean, yes, they put in the time and turned him into what Maul became. Yeah, and then whole character arc all over the place.
1: Maul specifically, yes works better for me than boba fett like boba fett like because he doesn't definitively die i guess he's just like in the stomach being digested and ends up crawling out so like but like someone that you really thought
2: i guess we thought Boba that is that, a that is a good
1: example you're right
2: unless um, you read legend stuff back in the 90s in which case but
1: boba fett wasn't cut in half the uh, way maul was yes. and maul like there's like a whole search for him. Like Savajo Press is like going to like look for him, finds him, and he's insane and mm-hmm. he has weird spider legs. Like they find so, him. Yeah. He's a very different character than we last saw him. You know what I mean? So they're putting in the time, and they even lay the groundwork for Maul coming back way earlier in like the back half of season three somewhere where they tease it. And then you don't see anything until like yeah. I think in episode season four. I don't was, I don't think you yeah. see Maul until either the very end of season three or like season four. So like they put in the time, it's not like a snap of the fingers back. Which something tells me, if Marvel was going to do this, it would be Doctor Strange opening a thing to a different reality and walks right it's Robert through. Junior yeah. and yeah, it's like okay, Scarlet Johansson. Like okay, great. I don't, I'm not emotionally attached to this. It's got to, it's got to be, it's got to be, it's got to happen from an emotional place, a personal and emotional place. And I don't know that they have the patience to do that because they haven't shown. The patience to take their time with a
0: lot of stuff recently, so
2: who knows? Well, something they've not been taking their time with uh, just dropped a trailer as well.
1: Yeah, moving on. Finally, this is a going to be a long episode. We oh, we're still through
2: in, these. We're things. still in Marvel for the we're record We're still
1: on Marvel. We don't have a ton of else other stuff, but like we got to cruise these other things because it's going to be a long one. We got a trailer for Echo, uh, Marvel's Echo Disney Plus show. Spin spinoff of Hawkeye and technically a spinoff of the Daredevil Netflix series, I guess, at the same time. Um, we got a trailer for it. This is a series that they announced was going to be dropped all at once in January, uh, binge-style, Netflix-style, instead of we- being released weekly. All signs pointed to the series being bad because of that decision. Um, they're dropping it in January. They're dropping it all at once. It's not good. We don't. We, we heard that there were reshoots and recalibrations, and like, episodes
0: were cut and heavily edited. So I'm not expecting a bunch out of this show. However, there's a dope trailer. Oh, trailer was great. Trailer was great. And I've said we've said this on this show before.
1: We've been burned by good trailers before. Clearly, the aforementioned. A David Ayer Suicide Squad movie had a great trailer, mm. great trailer. But so um, this is not only, um, not only the next Disney Plus series that we're going to see, it's also the first Disney Plus series that's to be going to be rated for mature audiences, rated MA, yeah. for mature audiences. And this trailer lives up to that rating for sure. There's a lot of blood in this trailer. It's a very violent trailer. It's a very gory trailer. You see a guy get shot in the head. Just straight up, right, gun, right up to his neck. Bam. Gross.
2: And you saw Wilson wow. Fisk being
1: Wilson Fisk. Saw Wilson Fisk beating the hell out of somebody in an alleyway. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very Kingpin-focused trailer. He's narrating the whole trailer. Yeah. And it's kind of showing his relationship with uh, the title character of Echo and shows her doing some badass fighting as well. So I liked this character a lot in Hawkeye. I'm not familiar with her in the comics. I know that she has ties to Daredevil, and I believe that uh, Charlie Cox is supposed to be in this show. He's not in the trailer, but I believe he's supposed to be in the show from what I remember reading. Um, it's made me excited to see the show. Again, I'm my my, my expectations are still low, but they're higher than they were. Yeah, Because I'm like, oh, they're doing cool stuff. Looks like they're doing some cool stuff. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's great. Um, one thing I will say, and Steve, I don't know if you're familiar with Echo in the comics. But I going. read a... No? Okay. I read a quote from the director, uh, Sidney Freeland, the director's name. They said over the weekend, they're giving an interview saying, her power in the comic books is that she can copy anything, like any movement,
0: yeah, any she's, whatever. She's basically supposed to be like Taskmaster. Like, hence the name, Echo. Right. Right? They went on to say, it's kind of lame.
1: I will say that is not her power, meaning in the series. I will just kind of leave it at that. Hmm. So one, I don't think that's a lame power. I think that's an awesome power.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: That's great. <laughs> great. Um, so I didn't even, I guess I don't remember having a power in the Hawkeye series. I thought she was similar to Daredevil, just like heightened or just like a good athletic fighter. I guess right. maybe slightly heightened other senses, Um but she's not blind. She's deaf. So I don't know. I guess it remains to be seen if she has a power or what that power is, but it's not going to be the power that's in the comics, which pretty cool. Yeah. So see, I hope here's what I hope. I hope if they're not giving her this power, I hope she doesn't have
0: a power. and She's a street level fighter. Cause I don't need her to have a power. Right. I don't want her to have a telekinesis or anything. That'd be lame
2: just give me a street fight she needs like a random like scorpion from mortal Kombat 2 thing that comes out of her arm or something
1: sure yeah give her a cool yes. weapon sure yeah
2: but that's all i need that's all i need
1: um so yeah this show comes out in january yeah i think both of um, us were more
2: pleasantly surprised with it than we expected
1: certainly with the trailer well it remains to be seen how we feel about the show and i'm sure we'll talk all about it now uh when we can uh binge the heck out of it in january Another trailer we got this week for a series we may have never talked about or very seldom yeah, talk about. Maybe here and there. We're, we're running low on franchises that we never talk about. But this one might be one we'd never talk about or maybe we just slightly touched on in the past. A new trailer for the first trailer for a movie called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. This is um, directed by Wes Bell, the guy that did the Maze Runner series comes out this Memorial Day. It is the fourth film in the rebooted Planet of the Apes series. It started with Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, and it is the 10th in the overall franchise, Planet of the Apes franchise, including the originals. So, Steve, how many Planet of
2: the Apes movies have you seen in your life? Uh, including the originals? Yes. Probably f- f- five-ish. Way more than me, buddy. Yeah. Way more than me. Yep. So the, I've seen... The originals were always on TNT growing up. Yeah. And when you only had 24 channels, you watched whatever the hell was on. Absolutely agree. And then I've seen the... At least the new... I think I've I think I've seen the first two of the new... I know I
0: saw mm-hmm. the first of the new. The right. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Or so... I have seen the original Planet of the Apes... All the way through. Okay. That's it. That's it, my friend. Nice.
1: I have seen parts of other ones. I have not seen any of the new reboot series. Although, every time one comes out, I see the trailer and I say, I should watch those. Those look good. Yeah. And it's cool because I feel like Planet of the Apes isn't like a franchise that's on the level of a Marvel or a DC or a Star Wars. Not, I don't think it's even really close, but they've...
0: As far as, like, general popularity. Yeah. But they have kind of sneakily been just, like, plugging
1: along with this franchise. And from what I've heard, those first three reboot movies are really good.
0: Yeah, I don't know know who the director of the first one But
1: Matt Reeves did the second and third one, I think, and those got good reviews. And now this one looks good. The trailer for this one looks good, too. Like... I don't know anything about this series. I'm watching this trailer. I don't know if I'm supposed to know who these apes are. I don't know if I'm supposed to know where this is happening or, you know, what's going on. Like it looks like Planet of the Apes from the first one that I saw. But with all that, I'm just every time I see one of these movies, I'm like, I should really revisit that series and jump into it. So Do it up, kudos man. to Planet of the Apes for for just being there all along. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And I know there's there's definitely diehard Planet of the Apes fans out there. And I'm sure they're ecstatic any time that they get a new one because I feel like it's a franchise that is popular but not so popular that you're guaranteed another movie, you know, in the next two years. But they keep getting them. So it's good enough. They're they're making enough money to keep making them. That's all you really want as long as they're good, you know. Like there's no – we just talked about a ton of, like, problems with Marvel 100% chance we're getting more Marvel movies for a long time. Like, they may be uh, having this trouble right now. Like, they're not so down and out that we're not ever going to get another Marvel movie. Same with DC. Same with Star Wars. Like, those are just going to keep happening. Planet of the Apes is a franchise that I feel like, yeah, if it's not good, you don't know. If, like, this movie's really
0: bad, no one goes to see it, it's going to be a while before you get another Planet of the Apes movie. So, I don't know. Good job, Apes. You're crushing it. Keep it up. Maybe I'll watch you someday.
1: A cool piece of comics news. DC has announced they are going to release a line of what they're calling compact comics. These are reprints of some of their most well-known graphic novels um, or trade collections in smaller format, uh, five and a half by eight and a half inches. So like smaller, more like kind of like a manga style. I think those are like a lot of, those are usually a lot smaller. Um, Which I think is smart because manga is super popular right now. So uh, they're looking to attract that audience or kind of bleed into that audience. That's a smart move. You want to kind of um, you know, go where the audience is if they're not coming to you. And if people want a smaller, compact thing that's a full story, like a lot of manga actually is, um, then here, uh, here they are for you. I think that's smart. Uh, the titles that they're re-releasing in these compact comics include Watchmen, All-Star Superman, Batman The Court of Owls, Green Lantern Far Sector, Wonder Woman Earth 1, American Vampire, Batman Hush, Harley Quinn and the Gotham City Sirens and Catwoman, Trail of the Catwoman, and oh, and Joker, Brian Azzarello. Um I think that's cool. Man's a cool idea. I'm not sure when the first one's coming out, but um I think it's smart of them to be, be able to pivot strategy when they see industry um the industry
2: changing or industry uh What am I trying to say?
0: Yeah, you know, a
2: shift in the industry. Shift. There you go. A shift Um, in the industry. But how do you bag and board a five and a half by eight and a half?
0: Well, you don't bag and
1: board. No, they're like graphic novel collections.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I. I guess. Yeah. I mean, if that's if that's where, that that's where the audiences are moving towards. Like, I feel. I feel like in general, collecteds are where people tend to be moving towards anyways. So like I still like my floppies, but I would much rather have it all at once. And I am trying to move back towards collected editions by myself
1: for sure. Although I do enjoy the floppies still speaking of floppies. I have a comic to review. Do you have a comic to review? I do have a comic to review. Would you like to go first this week? I feel like I went first last week. I don't remember, but sure. Okay.
2: So, uh, what you got this week? Jesse down at Funky Town gave me one of his personal favorite uh series. Oh,
1: cool! Ice Cream Man.
2: Ice Cream Man. So, uh, they're they're kind of vignettes, like not connected outside of like some through lines here and there. So, yeah. me picking it up with number 37 was not, uh, not anything too crazy. No it's, um,
1: See that's good to know because I didn't know that. I hear a lot about Ice Cream Man. Yeah. I hear a lot of uh, raves about how good it is, but I've been I haven't ever picked one up because I thought it was a continuing story. You're telling me it's like an anthology kind of yeah series.
0: Yep. So it's oh, like cool. a
1: horror anthology.
2: I Did um, not know that. M- my, I don't know what to how to describe this one. Oh um, okay. Overall, pretty solid. Like it was. It was once. Once I wrapped my head around what was going on, there's two diametrically different stories happening. One is uh a pair of humans talking through what we find out is the um creator of uh the second half like the the alternate story uh the comic creator uh it's his his brother and sister. Uh, discussing him dying via suicide. Um, And then on the flip side, you have a bunch of uh, can't really see them, but cutesy little uh, (laughs) Yeah, I can see them driving a tank. Yes. Like dogs or something? Dog furry something or others um, (laughs) in the middle of what is known as Vietnam Nam. (laughs) And it is one of the (laughs) most ridiculous ridiculous out there uh stories you will read but also makes you think like crazy and it was it was good it was wow. definitely good it's it's hard
0: to put it into words um yeah. but like yeah there's it it was heavy which oh, i cool. didn't
2: expect going into it from everything i've heard yeah. about ice cream man it's like okay right um but yeah, yeah, it's uh, well, it's called Ice
1: Cream Man. You don't necessarily expect right. heavy, disturbing horror from yeah. a book called like, yeah, the Ice there's... Cream Man, which I think is probably part of the fun of it. Right, part of the appeal.
0: Yeah.
2: But yeah, glad cool. I was glad I glad I got to take a look at it and uh, yeah,
1: nice. Well, I am glad that I got to read uh, my comic for the week as well, which is Transformers number two. Written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson, colorist Mike Spicer, letterer Russ Wooten. Now, you might remember a few weeks ago, Jesse at Funky Town Comics gave me Transformers number one. And I am not a huge Transformers fan. I haven't been since I was probably six or seven years old. So I read that one and I liked it quite a bit. I was surprised at how much I liked it. Again, surprised at how much I like this book.
0: Okay. This is a
1: really solid book it's really well written it's written in a way that i think i said this one the last time i was reviewing number one where a couple times i bought a transformers book because my son wanted to read one and the plot and the dialogue was just so dense and so complex neither of us could figure out what they were talking about there's so much lore there's so much explanation as what's going on like and it's so talky yep and like, I don't know this. I don't know what's happening. And he's like, Dad, this is boring. I'm like, yeah, I know. This is much more simple, much more effective. Would I read it with my seven-year-old son? No, I would not. Because it's a little bit darker. It's a little bit PG-13. And I had to say that to somebody that messaged me about after I reviewed the first one. They were like, oh, I'm glad it's good. Me and my sons are really excited to read it. And I was like, eh, I don't know, man. Hold back on that. Yeah. Because uh, humans... Uh, die brutally in this book
2: right. if you're and interested where, in reading it pick it up read it and then make the assessment yeah. don't like dive right into for sure give and it to the kids
1: kids are different for sure so who knows but like the first one pretty much in a uh, whole book was an action sequence the yeah. whole book was them kind of crashing and realizing that they're on a different planet and the decepticons are still after them it's crazy this starts off with a great character moment of Optimus prime coming out of like the cave that they're kind of hiding in for the night and realizing like looking at the world and being like, wow, what beauty this planet has. It's so unbelievable. And then he accidentally, it's not meant to be funny, but it kind of is. He accidentally steps on a deer and kills it. And cause he's a giant heavy right. robot. Um, And then he's like so sad and grief stricken that he's accidentally killed something. It speaks a lot to his character in a way that I don't think I've ever felt for Optimus Prime ever as like a, a character or someone that like or a creature that has emotions, even. I'm like, oh, he's right. a robot. I don't care about him. I can't get into him because he's a robot. That's kind of how I felt about it. And this immediately was like, oh, I get it. I get it. He's a giant robot thing that has an appreciation for the delicate delicate fragility of Earth because it's so opposite of what he is. And like in that moment, I it clicked with me in a way that it never has before like the whole transformers thing mm-hmm. i was like oh i get it i get it yeah. and then on the opposite of that there's great reactions there's the two human characters that are um Shia written LaBeouf. very well and what's that it's a LaBeouf?
0: <laughs> no it's not a
1: LaBeouf. it's a kid named spike and his sister interacting with them in a way that like kind of humanizes them and obviously it like works for them to explain like we're from Cybertron and all this kind of stuff, like exposition stuff. Um, And then on the other side, you got the Decepticons that are just like uh, being very ruthless towards humanity. They refer to humans as squishies, which I think is really funny because they can be squished in their hands, which you saw in the end of the first issue. Spoiler alert. Um, And this is great. This is great. There's one, um, I think it's, is this Starscream? I don't know the words, but like two fighter pilots eject from a plane to try to get away from him. And he just claps his hands around one of them and explodes in a bloody mess. That's
2: star scream in a nutshell.
1: Yeah. So um, anyway, this is a great series. It's a great series. It's a great book. And this comes out this week. This is a, uh, pre-release review this Wednesday. You can get this at Town comics and you should. It's nice. great. They're not doing a midnight release like they did for the first one. But if you like the first one, it just,
2: it ramps up. I have rarely just... seen a midnight release for a number two
1: yeah yeah um so anyway check it out fucking town comics transformers this week daniel warren johnson a great comic book creator what else is coming out this week in your local comic book store you got amazing spider-man number 37 army of darkness forever number two batman number 139 birds of prey number three hell yeah blue beetle number three captain ginger the last feeder number one that's from Local uh comic book company Ahoy Comics. Check them out, support local. Damn them all, number 10, Fire and Ice, welcome to Smallville, number three, Grim, number 10, Guardians of the Galaxy, number eight, House of Slaughter, number 19, Icon versus Hardware, number five, Joker, the Man Who Stopped Laughing, number twelve, petrolhead, number one, Poison Ivy, number sixteen, Punisher, number one, new Punisher series. I didn't know that was gonna happen. Shazam number number 5, Star Trek Defiant number 9, Star Wars, Darth Vader number 40, Star Wars, The High Republic, Shadows of Starlight number 2, Superman 78, The Metal Curtain, new uh, 78 series, Thanos number 1, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 145, Transformers number 2, aforementioned, Uncanny Spider-Man number 3, Vampirella, Dracula's Rage number 3, X-Force number 46, and X-Men Red number 17, ba-bam. What's on your pull list? You still doing X? You're still doing... Are you doing X-Force, too? Is that part of the Fall of X that stuff? Is
2: part of Fall of X. I'm starting to shift off of that. Oh, okay. So I'm thinning... Is it I'm wrapping up, or are you uh, just sick of it? it both. Okay. There's a, there's a couple titles where, like, one of them switched, switched artists, and I just can't do the style they moved to. Oh, um, wow, yeah. That's happening before. Which is funny, because I really like the story, but I just can't. It's not my yep, bag. I know, man yeah um tough stuff tough. tough break and then uh you know dropped a couple uh i know i'm gonna be picking up the ultimates when that drops just because uh this week i did i i am officially all caught up Ooh, i am not still but i'm looking to get there this week i'm gold. sure there's a bunch of crap in like random long boxes that i'm not caught up on but everything that was sure. on my pile is no longer on my pile congratulations my friend yeah Congratulations. Oh, I, I still think have a the bunch only of thing too, but as you can see, yeah. actually right th- th- there. Yeah. I see it. That is a uh prime uh, the prime acquisition from this month. The complete Kelvin and Hobbes. <gasps> you got it. I did. Because oh, I was so disappointed. So we actually got it for my brother in law, and my wife was effectively uh, she effectively asked me, "Why didn't you get a copy for yourself too?" <laughs> and I said, "I can as long as it's still on sale." <laughs> so yeah. yeah, um yeah, but awesome, yeah. So that'll be that'll be great. But uh ultimate or uh, I can't remember what the hell they call the Ultimate Invasion or no, not Ultimate Invasion. The Ultimates or whatever the kickoff was for the Ultimate Universe came out last week. Ultimate Universe, I think, wasn't it called? Might have been or... Ultimate Universe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. That'd make too, too much sense. Uh, yeah. But that came out. Very solid read. Also picked up Spider Boy. Less solid read. Oh yeah. Uh, oh okay. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't do Like Spidey doesn't need a Robin. I don't know. I agree. I agree. Um and It was a very I guess if you like the campy nature of Spider books it might be fine but I, it was not my didn't 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 hit the the same feels that i needed it to so that's yeah. a that's a one and done but it did have a cool JTC cover that i grabbed so cool um oh yeah i saw that cover yeah. that's a great cover how about you yeah anything uh, new original
1: um no i haven't read anything this week really um i'm pull this week i am pulling birds of prey 3 and poison ivy um i still haven't even read Birds of Prey number two yet, but now I'm excited. Now I'm going to wait until Wednesday so I can read number two and then immediately number three because number one was so strong uh, that I'm excited uh, to continue to that series. It's definitely on my poll list. Poison Ivy has been great. I feel like I haven't—I don't think I read the last Poison Ivy either. So I'm going to do mm-hmm. a double shot of the both. I'm just like, you know, like we were talking about, like Halloween just takes up so much of my time. Right. <laughs> like the now that you've made it through, party it. that I have like, yeah, we're through it, so I can start catching up on stuff so um so those are the ones i'm pulling who knows uh, who knows what else i will randomly pick up off the shelf there's definitely some stuff i have in my pile that i forgot that i even have so i'll see what i got see what i got and go from there um closing out with some one shots like we teased earlier a couple quick stories dc related stories the uh, Penguin series. This is all uh, release date-ish related. Um, the Penguin series for HBO Max has been pushed from spring 2024 to fall 2024. Not a super big push, but enough that I'm bummed out. Um, but it's of course, it's because of the strikes. Nothing they can do about it. Smart move to push it before the SAG strike is even over. Who knows? I don't know how much longer they have to film on that show. Bummed out because I just recently started rewatching The Batman again. I was up late. One night, I felt like I didn't have anything to watch. And I was like, I need just like a comfort, relax, veg out and watch movies. Oh, yeah. The Batman. Boom. Such a great movie. Definitely uh, am excited for the Penguin series whenever that happens. Looking like fall 2024. Uh, What is on track to come out and does not look like it's going to be pushed is uh, the sequel to Joker. Joker Foley Ado is nearly completed and will be on time for its October 24th release date. I guess it didn't have too much to do prior to the strikes going into um, effect, so they're uh, still going to come out in time for next fall. And also, James Gunn has confirmed that uh, Creature Commandos is still on track for coming out sometime in 2024, despite, I guess, there was some rumor that it had been pushed to 2025. He clarified multiple times that is not the case. Still on track for seeing Creature Commandos hopefully sooner rather than later. I would
0: love I would love uh, a peek inside James Gunn's DCU as soon as we can possibly get it. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, 2024 is going to be uh packed, I guess.
2: Shaping up. Seems Shaping up like, to be all right. Seems like everything's going to be from like May or June later, but yeah, um, there's going to be a a uh pretty big gap in our uh content, I feel like, because of uh
1: strikes, but which is we'll see. I, I
2: I call me Fine call me, me crazy. Fine I'm enjoying this like uh the hose kind of turned down a little.
0: Yep. For so, sure.
2: But for sure. in twenty twenty four, as mentioned, uh the hose is going to crank up as uh, House of the Dragon is officially eyeing a summer twenty four release slate for their season two. Uh the series was not affected by the strikes and scripts had already been completed um, also, was not it's impacted by SAG after strikes because it's all UK a- actors under a different union. So right. uh, that is that. Um, so they could just they just kept filming the whole day. There was no interruption of that show at all. Right. Wow! Uh, they are uh, of other note. They are also targeting twenty four for Rings of Power season two. So we will be. Ooh. uh
0: in that's the, right. They same kept same filming a, too. I think. Yep, same kind of situation. I think. Steve. I don't know if I'm going to watch House of the Dragons 2. I, I will because my wife will want to. Because so. here's the thing. I didn't finish season one. Mm. I liked it fine. But I got
1: distracted and I didn't watch like the last two episodes. I mean, there's and a lot I of other things coming like, out. And I don't feel like I need to watch the last two episodes. So I don't know. I, don't, I know we were like covering that show for this for this podcast. I don't know. I may... I may see if you want to get someone else to watch <laughs> to cover House of the Dragon with, because I don't know if I want to even watch it. No offense, like it was great. Fine, it was good. Yeah. But like I just don't know if I if it's on my list of things I need <laughs> to watch. Understandable. I don't know. Absolutely understandable. I don't know. Rings of Power, I will watch. I thought Rings of Power was great. I will watch Rings of Power, for sure. So we'll see. We'll see when it gets here. Maybe oh, yeah. I'll cave. We still got a long ways till that. Although it'll be here hey. before we know it. It's also possible that House of Dragon will be the only new television show that's on during the summer of 2024. So if right. that's the case, maybe I'll watch it just to fill some time. But until then, I think that's all I got. Steve, you got anything else? No,
2: no, I've got nothing. Uh, check us out on the socials if you feel like getting in contact with us. Uh, the Multiverse Report and most of them Multiverse Report on Blue Sky, maybe. I don't know. Uh, either way. If you Google us, we're there. We're on um, we're on threads
1: now too. We're on uh, threads. Yeah, that's
2: it. That was that other one. I, I knew yep. I was forgetting something. Um, feel free to please uh subscribe, like, review, leave comments, all the above. Really all helps us out. Uh anything on Apple Podcasts would be a absolute bonus and boon and assistance. Uh please leave a review there. And uh please. beyond that, I don't know. Uh, whatever you got.
0: Oh, thanks oh, well, for I got
1: the Travis. Hey, thanks, Travis. And thanks for uh, chiming in and asking questions and giving us uh, some examples. That was great. I really like the engagement with the chat. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, Travis.
0: Um, so I guess that's it. So until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.